We begin another week of the show all about the South. As we start this week up, it's kind of a deja vu all over again. It's similar to how we started last week. Bad storms overnight in several southern states. We will have what we know about that to pass along in just a handful of seconds as we begin our headlines, our scanning of the stories of the Southeast. This is the Y'all Show, John Rawl. We also have some coronavirus information we'll pass along in our headlines today. And we'll also share with you a little fun coming from the Pine Belt of the state of Mississippi. All that here in our headlines. Then, then later in the hour, we're going to have our Southern Business Report. And we have actually going to have a very special guest on with us. Will Canterbury is the co-founder and president of Gamesies. That is a really cool collegiately licensed product company that does pacifiers that have mascots of your favorite college teams turned into pacifiers. They're the first company to do such a thing. And we're going to learn more about it and get Will to tell about starting up his company here in the last year. It's part of our entrepreneurship. We're saluting that here in our Southern Business Report. Gamesies and Will Canterbury coming up here in the next segment of this first hour of the Y'all Show. Before the hour concludes, we've got hashtag hullabaloo and some fun stuff that we'll share with you at that that part of the show when we get to hour two of today's y'all program we've got to look back at the weekend and sports of course most of our games aren't going on anywhere in fact i think the only games anywhere in the world right now are some baseball games taking place in i think taiwan but other than that not much going on but we do have some headlines from the sports world that we'll share with you including some college sports stuff all that in our look back at the weekend and sports then we'll have our takapola storyteller as he does on mondays he drops by for a always fun report jerry short will be on to talk about the stimulus check that some of you may have already received from the government the twelve hundred dollar check and jerry's got something to say about that he also has something to say about going through douglasville georgia many years ago and getting arrested and ended up getting chained to a pole there with handcuffs i guess handcuffed to a pole there in the police station of douglasville georgia if y'all have that in common with jerry short you'll want to make sure you stay tuned for our takapola storyteller coming up in hour two of this the y'all show we've got a very busy show today we got a very busy week we've got for example on tuesday's y'all show in addition to having our barrister of bodacious barbecue drive by we're going to have the voice of the south alabama jaguars jd byers is going to be on to tell us about the jags who are right now building a brand new stadium on the university of south alabama campus hancock whitney stadium will be ready for the 2020 season and we'll find out about the south alabama jaguars and what's going on with the red and blue of the Jags with J.D. Byers. And we'll also get him to weigh in on the rest of the Sunbelt Conference. That's the conference the USA Jags play in. So we'll have a little Sunbelt fun courtesy of South Alabama and the voice of the Jaguars, J.D. Byers, all on our Tuesday show. On Wednesday show, we're going to turn it up big time from a music standpoint. In addition to our report from Precious Harris, Nashville Music Line, all the goings on in Nashville Music City, we have a very, very delightful guest coming on on the Wednesday show. Her name's Lisa Sutton. She is the daughter of the late singer Lynn Anderson. Lynn Anderson, who, of course, had the monster hit Rose Garden. We lost Lynn Anderson in the year 2015, but Lisa Sutton is keeping her mother's memory alive, and she's going to be our very special guest on the Wednesday show. And when we get to Thursday, we're going to do something we've never done. We're going to start up the spring swing of the Y'all Show. We're going to go virtually to about eight 
at least eight locations across the south over the next few weeks and our first stop on the spring swing tour of 2020 is going to be crystal river florida that's about an hour north of tampa and we're going to be visiting with all kinds of people including the director of discover crystal river john pritchard he'll be on on thursday show as well as mike mankey and he's the gm at plantation on crystal river and that will be an awesome chance for you to learn more about this property there north of tampa and then we'll also have the owner of hunter springs kayaks and that's dave perry he'll be on to talk about how you can go there on crystal springs on the crystal river and see the manatees that they have there and it's a great getaway and all this will be on our y'all tv feed so you can watch it as well as listen to it if you tune into our y'all.com tv feeds and on facebook we'll have this live streaming when these interviews take place all that right here on the show that covers everything southern our number 803-816-1170 our facebook page is y'all.com and of course you can find us at y'all.com the ultimate guide to the south let's get into the headlines as we said just like last sunday night into monday we had some bad weather we had a tornado outbreak in the state of mississippi also in the pine belt area around hattiesburg we know that there was a confirmed tornado there and this storm system worked its way through alabama into georgia it's working its way toward the carolinas as we speak if it's not already there high winds hail heavy rain pounded parts of mississippi and alabama on sunday forecasters warned about the possibility of tornadoes and flooding as tornado watches went all the way from east texas across the states of mississippi and louisiana more than twenty-four thousand customers were without electricity early on sunday and that number only went up in alabama the counties of bibb chilton coosa and shelby which is right around the birmingham area all under flash flood warnings as a nasty sunday storm made its way across part of the south and again depending on where you're catching us here on today's y'all show there's a chance these storm systems could still be headed your way if you're along the atlantic seaboard in fact i know just recapping a little bit about what happened last week it's now come out that that storm system south of jackson mississippi that created tornadoes there it was the biggest swath of tornadoes maybe ever recorded in mississippi last week a deadly outbreak there in the magnolia state and as i mentioned all the way to the other end of the south along the atlantic seaboard the state of south carolina had its deadliest tornado outbreak in a single day since 1984 as i think 12 people in south carolina lost their lives last sunday into monday when the overnight tornadoes broke out in the palmetto state and it looks like we've got a little repeat of that we'll have more developments from this latest storm system as it becomes available but our thoughts to everybody as we try to get through these spring outbreaks yeah we have to deal with the coronavirus but we still have mother nature and the old tornado systems this time of year to have to deal with now this weekend also marked the 25th anniversary of that deadly oklahoma city bombing of which it was just a terrible day back on April 19, 1995, when those domestic terrorists went in and bombed that situation there in downtown Oklahoma City. And now survivors and loved ones of the 168 people killed back in 95, they were not able to gather this past Sunday on Sunday to mark the 25th anniversary of the attack, but that did not stop them from remembering because this remembrance ceremony was canceled due to the coronavirus, victims were able to honor the victims there, the families able to honor the victims through a video tribute that included the reading of the names of those who died following 
168 seconds of silence. And again, it's hard to believe it's been 25 years now since the Alfred Murrah building there in Oklahoma City was, again, bombed early on that morning of April 19, 1995. And, and again, a, a rough day there, only to be sadly passed over by 2001's September 11th attacks. But that attack there in Oklahoma City, and we remember the victims here. 25 years later, those 168 souls lost in that senseless bombing in Oklahoma City. A man's been ambushed. A man ambushed three Texas officers in his home, and one of those officers in the Lone Star State ended up losing his life as 31-year-old Officer Justin Putnam was declared dead, and two other officers in critical condition there in San Marcos, Texas, after this man killed the officer and wounded two others before killing himself, and this officer losing his life there in the line of duty in this town 45 miles northeast of San Antonio as a member of the officer, the police officer there, the interim police chief of San Marcos said that he that he was prepared, speaking about Officer Putnam, prepared, ready for them to come in and started shooting immediately. There was nothing they could do to escape the gunfire. And our thoughts go again to this hero in blue losing his life in the line of duty, Officer Justin Putnam in San Marcos, Texas, gunned down over the weekend. Now, because of the coronavirus, you might have seen over the weekend some of the areas of the South letting up on some of the rules, perhaps. And that's what happened in Florida. And I know it happened in other places in the country, but especially when it came to beaches. I know in Jacksonville Beach, you might have seen the video of a lot of people on the beach going out and having a nice day over the weekend. The state of Florida has never closed its beaches along its 1,350 miles of shoreline except only in South Florida, and that's a hot spot for coronavirus infection. Decisions on beach closures all have been left up to local governments, and that's because Governor Ron DeSantis issued in the Sunshine State a safer-at-home order back on April 1st, but he specifically said walking, running, and swimming were essential activities, and therefore, this past weekend, Jacksonville Beach, at least for a time, let beachgoers to the beach and it was a beautiful thing to see people out having fun on the beach the problem with it was it looked like a lot of people were doing that and even though they were reminded do your part stay six feet apart some of them may not have followed those rules but it's a welcome sign to see people out doing fun things and going out on the beach i'm not sure if they were allowed to sit there and soak in the rays and get a suntan and lay down on the beach that i'm not sure of Of course all of that might be up for a local authority to make those decisions but some of the rules no sun oh okay there there's the response no sunbathing no sitting and folding chairs no coolers the rules were you could walk run swim fish or surf in this part of florida there in the jacksonville beach area but i know st augustine beach also was open for the first time in several weeks and i think even on the panhandle on the the emerald coast of florida perhaps if not they're getting pressure and they're going to want to open up now that they've seen what happened along jacksonville and the rest of the atlantic shoreline of the sunshine state and their beautiful beaches and i think i saw where governor of south carolina henry mcmaster said he was going to do a similar thing in the palmetto state and opening it up to its beaches perhaps even starting today i'm not totally sure on the exact time and date likely georgia and north carolina following suit there 
perhaps even Alabama will get into the opening up the beaches business. Speaking of Alabama, a resident of that state and a Medal of Honor winner has died at the age of 86 because of the coronavirus. Our thoughts go to the family of Command Sergeant Major Benny Adkins as he he lost his life at the East Alabama Medical Center in Opelika. He was 86 years old and he served three tours of duty in Vietnam but ended up succumbing to the coronavirus. He spent 20 years in the Army, 13 as a Green Beret. He deployed to Vietnam in 1966 and was recognized in 2014 with the awarding of the Medal of Honor and his citation reads during the 38-hour battle and 48 hours of escape and invasion fighting with mortars machine guns rifles small arms and hand grenades it was estimated that sergeant first class atkins killed between 135 and 175 of the enemy while sustaining 18 different wounds to his body and president barack obama again this he did not get awarded this until 2014 is when he received the medal of honor but he got this at the white house and an amazing feat there again killing at least 135 up to 175 enemy combatants during the vietnam war and after all that and again wounds to his body many many wounds to his body he comes back to america lives a nice life he graduated from troy state university with a couple of degrees he actually taught at auburn university lived in the auburn opelika area and now COVID-19 has taken out this American hero. Our thoughts again to Medal of Honor recipient Benny Atkins, the Oklahoma native who spent his last years in the state of Alabama. Actor Brian Dennehy has died. He died over the weekend. He was 81 years old and died of natural causes. You might remember him in a bunch of roles that he had, including Silverado. He was in Cocoon. He's in a bunch of movies as well. And again, he passed away over the weekend, cardiac arrest due to sepsis. And some of the films throughout the years here in recent years, you might have seen him in movies like The Challenger. He was also in Every Day, Righteous Kill, War Eagle, Arkansas. I haven't seen that one, but he played that. He had a lot of TV roles as well as as TV shows like Sirens and here recently The Challenger and just many, many roles a very familiar guy, a Yankee, by the way. I think he was from Connecticut originally. Brian Dennehy passing away over the weekend again at the age of 81. A feel-good story, if there's going to be a feel-good story about the coronavirus, and this comes to us from Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Many years ago, a New York couple was enjoying a meal there at this restaurant in Coconuts, and that's in the Fort Lauderdale area. And there at Coconuts, enjoying their meal when the man's wedding ring slipped off his finger through the wooden floorboards, and it looked like it might have been lost forever. Well, due to the pandemic, the owner there and the manager, Ryan Kilroy of Coconuts there in Fort Lauderdale, decided to take this unusual time of not having his restaurant up and going to replace the wooden patio deck. And when they did that, guess what? They found a gold coin, $100 bills, piles of mud and silver, and a silver wedding ring with the inscription Mike and Lisa 082115. And the marketing manager of the restaurant thought it might be a long shot, but decided to post a picture of the ring on Facebook. And although it took a little while, Mike and Lisa found that their wedding ring was not lost forever, and they've recovered their wedding ring congratulations to mike and lisa and kudos to coconuts in fort lauderdale for going and doing this extra cleaning and working on the 
the wooden floors there and finding this couple's wedding ring after a few years of it being missing in action and one more coronavirus feel-good story for you here this comes to us from oak grove in the hattiesburg area of mississippi as just like most school districts around the entire country right now teachers having these zoom meetings and a group of teachers from oak grove they needed a little help on thursday of last week after governor tate reeves announced that schools are going to stay closed throughout the rest of this year so they were having a meeting online the teachers there at the oak grove school district when all of a sudden when they had about 10 people in this zoom call up pops country music superstar brad paisley as earlier in the day the singer saw that a phone number on social media telling people to send their zoom info and he may just join their video call so one of the teachers saw this posting that brad might join a video conference call sent it to him and there he shows up in this conference call the teachers had been socializing on the call for about 30 minutes when brad paisley's name appeared in the waiting room and then he was let in and the video that was released shows brad paisley on there talking to the teachers I guess wishing them well here in this crazy time. But how about that? Brad Paisley, quote, crashing this teacher's video meeting from Mississippi. And a good thing there. Brad Paisley, by the way, has also been doing, just like most of the singers, putting out music, sitting at home. Of course, he's got a Hollywood actress wife and just doing the best he can here in this pandemic. And I know I know, based on what I'm seeing from the teachers on this Zoom call, they were all smiles with the country star the Grand Ole Opry member, and his participation there on their Zoom call. And thank you to all our teachers who are out here doing this and trying to make the most of a terrible situation with the pandemic. When we come back on the Y'all Show, Will Canterbury is going to be on with me. He is the president and co-founder of Gamesies. That is a really cool company that just got started up in 2019. They make really neat pacifiers for kitties, but these pacifiers are of your favorite college team's mascot. And they're the only collegiately licensed company that makes these pacifiers that have uses beyond having it used as a pacifier. And Will Canterbury of Gamesies is going to be on as part of our Southern Business Report, and that's coming up next. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. We are the Southern Show. We are y'all talk with a Southern accent. I'm John Rawl. Good to have you back here on the program that covers everything Southern. And here, as we begin a new week, we have our Southern Business Report. And we've got a special guest here as part of our Southern Business Report, an entrepreneur right out of the Middle Tennessee area, Will Canterbury, is joining us. He is the president and co-founder of Gamesies. Now, what in the world is Gamesies? Well, if you happen to be watching our video, you might actually see I've got a little prop that I'm holding up here. This is what Gamesies is all about. They have these 
great little pacifiers that children can use but if you take the pacifier off as i'm going to do right now and show you out of the box that they have it comes with the pacifier on there for your youngsters but if you you kind of unsnap that bad boy and then you've got this little doll that you can put on your backpack your golf bag you have all you put it on the christmas tree there's so many uses and this one right here is a good one for old miss fans but will is going to tell us how he's expanded games he's beyond just mississippi but he's got it for a bunch of schools and will canterbury is on with us right now on today's y'all show southern business report hello will hey john how's it going man it is going great congratulations with everything you've got going on at gamesies uh, we're, we're just beyond excited about what we've done so far and uh and what's coming down the line uh, we've got some huge things coming in about the next 30 to 45 days and uh and beyond that but uh but we're just we're beyond excited to to have what we've got and, and keep pushing forward well we are excited we're talking about excitement we're excited that you're joining us right here on the southern business report of today's y'all show so tell me what led you to even help come up as you're a co-founder of this what helped the idea percolate that there was a need for such a thing as gamesies it all revolves around my baby girl uh i've got a 20 month old baby girl and uh my entire house is is a, a football and sports uh, family and uh, even my wife can tell you what a three-four defense is. So it's uh, I don't have to argue on on football game day. But uh, uh, we were watching uh, bowl games. I believe it was a, a Georgia Bulldogs game about uh, well, it was 2018. And uh, uh, my baby girl was sitting there with her plush stuffed animal with a pacifier. It was like a giraffe or a, a bear or something. And uh, just had the thought, and I was like, well, I wonder if uh, surely they make a Georgia Bulldog one of these. Got to searching on Google. No Georgia Bulldog, no Tennessee, no Alabama. And about that time, the light bulb went off that nobody had done this. And uh, so I started then and uh, and started putting everything together and uh, starting the uh, – I didn't have a clue as far – I've never been in the toy business and uh, didn't know really where to start and just trying to started doing my research. And uh, all the way up to now, I mean, we've had to go through licensing, which is, uh, is quite an endeavor in itself and uh, – but everything goes back to my baby girl. This, she is she is the inspiration behind all of it. Well, you better give baby girl a little shout out. What's her name? Uh, my baby girl's name is Lennon. Okay. <laughs> well, Lennon, uh, Lennon, you created a monster. Instagram. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. My uh, she actually has her own little Instagram page called uh, Coach Lennon, oh. and uh, even has Jake Fromm, the quarterback of Georgia, that follows her on that quarterback of georgia soon to be maybe with an nfl team we're talking with will canterbury here on today's y'all show it's our southern business report and will is the president and co-founder of gamesies which makes these adorable little plush toys but they're more than just that they have so many uses and one of the great things about these is they have gone through all the steps to be healthy and and they are very dish i guess you could wash them rather easily if your if your little one gets it really dirty and will i want to ask you also if, if people aren't quite familiar with what we're talking about today there are other products out on the market similar to gamesies they would be what would be that, that aren't college uh, college products they're there was it wubbanub or something like that the the closest product to us is, is probably the wubbanub uh, most everybody knows that brand name now Okay. And uh, there's some other one. I think Pottery Barn Kids makes some, and I think there's a company called Raz Buddy, and, and 
they all make um, everyday animals, giraffes and lions and dogs and that sort of thing. And uh, But Gamesies is the first ever to have the officially licensed collegiate mascots. And uh, we have um, – uh, we have seven that are available to the public now. Uh, we have another three that will be finishing production on Monday. Uh, we've got another four or five that are going to hit by April 30th, and then we've got another four that are kind of beyond that, just depending on the stages of the of how the licensing came through, which was uh, that was quite a challenge. Well, as I was showing people earlier, will we have the Ole Miss fans would love this one right here that I've got up right now, Colonel Reb, that you have done an outstanding job producing this. I mean, it is truly, truly cool. And everybody that's seen this have all complimented me. In fact, your packaging is great, too. When you find these gamesies in your stores, they've got really good packaging that you'll be able to notice. Got a great logo, gamesies. And in addition to Colonel Rev for Ole Miss, I want to showcase here on the show that you've done a bunch of schools already. In fact, right now I'm looking at on our screen, you've done Reveille for Texas A&M. Is it Big Red for Arkansas? Mm-hmm. Okay, you got Bully for Mississippi State, Mike the Tiger for LSU. You've got uh, Traveler, the USC Trojan live animal mascot, and then Nebraska has one, and you're adding more as you go. Gamesies is the company, the official website, by the way, is Gamesies Official, and Will Canterbury is on right now with us as part of our Y'all Business Report, our Southern Business Spotlight here of an entrepreneur so will kudos to all of the work you've got thus far with these eight and then what i've seen with the colonel rev product that he came out with at gamesies it is really neat it's dishwasher it's um got the the all the care instructions on the back if you want to go put it into your washing machine and give it a great use and, and as i said it's it's got so many uses beyond your normal kid if you've got someone who's grown beyond needing to have this as a pacifier you can use it on your golf bag which is something i'm looking forward to putting on my golf bag assuming we can all get back out on the golf course one of these days so you've got your golf bag that you can use it for also they're really neat because you can unhook this right here and it goes right on a christmas tree for example this just has a little button and it unpops and then you can just stick that right on your christmas tree and it's a great little addition for that product there. And there's so many other things. I know kids who've got these on their backpacks at school. And just, they're lot, lots of fun to play with. In fact, like I said, if you don't have, let's say you're not a fan of the Rebel or the other products like Bully for Mississippi State, but you want to collect a bunch of them, they're very, really, very fun to play with as a kid why does a kid need video games when they can just deal with gamesies so go to the official website gamesiesofficial.com and let me show you as i mentioned bully is one of the products here's a close-up there you might be able to see a bully the mississippi state mascot a fantastic job there done by gamesies with the detail i mean these things are no more than about four or five inches tall and for them to be able to go out and pull this together is is pretty impressive to see that and so it uh it is a really really great job there and one of the things will and everybody at games he's they're doing there to market these products they're having some fun on social media in fact they have these contests and they've had the mascots go up against each other and so here we're looking at an example of one week lsu went up against 
I think it was maybe Nebraska. And surprise, surprise, the Bayou Bengals won that particular event there with the the win there with the victory against Nebraska there. And you see the baby of which I'm not 100% familiar with who the baby is. We're trying right now to get Will back on our show, but just a, a lot of fun. You see all the beads that are there on that youngster in that uh, picture there with the Mike the Tiger games available there for the fans of LSU to check out. And, of course, the fantastic job there by Gamesy's coming up with that product. And we're going to try to bring Will right back on here after a little hiccup here. Again, social media these days is not exactly perfect. But, uh, Will, hopefully you've got us back here. We're, we've been looking at your Mike the Tiger and the LSU wins contest that you had up there. Let's talk about some of the fun you've had there at Gamesy's coming up with these kind of mascot competitions. Just to kind of have a little fun with, uh, with what's going on with the, with the COVID-19 and the coronavirus is... Uh, hey, there's uh, Lennon. Just kind of... <laughs> that, I was gonna, there's the inspiration behind it all right there. Uh, but uh, we just decided to have a little bit of fun. We're going to continue that. Uh, we just kind of uh, thought it would be fun to start with the national champions uh, with LSU Tigers. And uh, they've got, of course, kind of rivalry with A&M and, and Rebel e, So we wanted to start with that. And uh, had a great response to it, uh, probably coming up uh, either this coming week or the following week. We're going to put another two teams pitted against each other. And uh, until we can have uh, the real thing for football in our stadiums and uh, games is going to have a little bit of fun with the different teams that are going to square off, get the fan bases engaged and and almost kind of auctioneer style. Who's going to who's going to get the most likes? Who's going to become the the games he champion. Real quick before we wrap up with you, tell me about some of the teams you've got forthcoming in your games he's lineup. The teams. Yeah, we uh, right now uh, we have. Uh, I think you mentioned we have, of course, Colonel Red. We have uh, Big Red at Arkansas. We have Traveler at USC. We have Mike from LSU. We have Bully from Mississippi State. We have Reveille from A and M. We have uh, Herbie Husker from Nebraska. And uh, fresh, hot off the presses, uh, we have Clemson coming. Oh, the Tiger. Uh, we have Boomer from Oklahoma. He's coming. Uh, we have uh, the Roll Tide. We have Big Al coming from Alabama. He will finish Monday. Uh, and then we'll have to, to get him shipped over. Uh, we have Vanderbilt. We have Michigan State uh, with Sparty. Uh, beyond that, we have uh, Georgia. We have Kentucky. We have Tennessee. We have a Florida. We basically have all, all of the SEC, uh, with the exception of Missouri. Missouri's taking a little bit longer. Uh, but we ba- will basically have all of the SEC licensed. And then we, we focused uh, kind of, if you pick the top 25 uh, biggest fan bases, the, the the most loyal fan bases and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, we, we started with those. And then we're going to do some second rounds as far as, uh, we're going to put out Miami. We're going to put out Oregon. We're going to put out you know, several others uh, as that licensing process continues. Uh, but uh, but we're excited, and uh, we uh, every, I think you mentioned as far as the safety as well as uh, I'm not putting out anything that, that I wouldn't trust Lennon with. So all of our products are CPSIA tested, which is uh, they are tested for any and all contaminants that could be harmful. Of course, there's none. Uh, they're also ASTM tested, which is the pull testing where they make sure that babies can't pull it apart and they don't become a hazard. 
uh, they're going to be safe. And uh, but um, but we just found a way to combine you know parents and, and families' love for their babies and their kids uh, and their loves for their school. And I mean, I don't arguably I don't know if there's if there's two stronger loves for your college or your baby. I don't <laughs> think there there may not be anything stronger than that. And you've got a great combination. What's the retail price on these? The retail price uh, uh, is twenty four ninety nine, uh, and they can be found uh, in independent retailers right now uh, in a lot of your different college towns. We're exp- of course expanding that in Oxford. Rebel Rags has them. Uh, down in Starkville, you've got uh, you've got the Lodge, you've got Campus Bookmark, you've got uh, Maroon and Co. down there in Starkville. They're all carrying bully. Uh, and uh, if you don't have them yet, uh, contact your local, you know, uh, baby boutique or, or local sports store or whatever, and tell them, hey, we want Gamesies. Well, they're a great product. Again, you've had a lot of fun going on social media and having these wars with mascots. I did have one question come in while we were doing this interview. When are you going to have the Pouncer mascot for the Memphis Tigers? Do it now. When are you going to have Pouncer, the Memphis Tiger mascot? We have had an overwhelming amount of requests for for Memphis, and they are. Uh, we actually boosted him to the top of the list of uh, the the ones that are in design right now. Because, uh, um, as you can imagine, when when you start these, you have to go to uh, our manufacturer, and they have a designer and. I go back and forth, and I should have gotten some of those, um, but I'll send them photos, and they send me a rendering of what they have. And uh, I literally go through these things with magic markers and Sharpies and uh, mark them up and say, you know, I I need, you know, a bigger snout or a a smaller mouth or bigger eyes, or you've got to change this or change that because it has to be just right uh, to get it through the licensing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so – uh, we have Memphis has been uh, put at the top of that list, and uh, amongst others, like I said, Miami, Oregon, uh, Notre Dame is highly sought after, and all those are in the design creative process. And uh, another one that I kind of want to uh, put out there that's, that's, I guess, it's not college oriented, but it's something that we're passionate about that we're doing just kind of extra is I have designed a uh, police officer gamesy and i have designed a firefighter gamesy and then we are in the process of working with the u.s military as well uh, and we're going to create a uh, our fire and police are, are very very uh, very very good and our military we're working on there because i want to make sure that the, the uniform uh coloration and, and design is all accurate but but uh but uh, 80% of those proceeds, when we get those online and going, are going back into those causes. Uh, I come from a firefighter family. My dad was the assistant chief of Jackson, Mississippi for years and was on that department for 30 plus years. Um, got friend, my brother in law is a firefighter for Nashville, Tennessee. And it's just something I'm very passionate about, but we, we want to do that to give back. Uh, I wish I had them live now where I could be buying gloves and masks for our first responders and, uh, but um, the the eighty percent is going to go into those uh, charitable causes to those families and to those causes, and then twenty percent is just going back into research and development for future products. But Gamesies nor I will profit uh, off the ones that sacrifice so much for us for us to have businesses like Gamesies. Uh, if you don't have police, fire, first responders, our military, it's uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be at the point where we could have companies like this. Well, kudos to your success thus far. Will Canterbury wrapping up our conversation on this, the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent. This is our Southern Business Report, and you're going to have to go get a pacifier or one of your gamesy pacifiers and 
make Lennon happy, it sounds like. I'm sure that will be the trick there if you can get that to her. But we appreciate you coming on. And again, you're a fairly new entrepreneur with this endeavor of Gamesies. And I know it had to be quite a bit of shock to you and everybody else running a business right now that you'd have to pretty much halt everything. But when everything gets kind of back to normal, you, you can go ahead and order these Gamesies right now. There's no stop on ordering Gamesies. Go to Gamesies Official, and that'll make your youngsters happy here in the shutdown. It'll make... People like me just want to hold these things close. If you love your favorite team and you got a Gamesies offering, it is a fantastic option for you. Will, thank you. Best of luck with everything you're doing at Gamesies, and we look forward to catching up with you again here on the Y'all Show. All right. Thanks, John. Will Canterbury, the president and co-founder of Gamesies. Check it out on Instagram. They've got a great active site there as well as on Facebook and more. Gamesiesofficial.com, how you can order the many, many choices they have. More of the Y'all Show will be coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere, you all. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table... Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. A social distancing tip. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book. Take a walk. Unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September. Paint a self-portrait. Catch up on a TV series. Do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Continuing on with more of the show that covers everything in the 16 southern states, this is the Y'all Show. John Raw back here now as we start out this segment with hashtag hullabaloo, a look at all kinds of social media fun. And our first tweet comes courtesy of Jordan Riverwalk. I love that, at Jordan Riverwalk. And they've got a quote from Tony Morrison, the function of freedom is to free someone else. 
All righty. Thank you, Jordan Riverwalk. Their tweet this week reads, Oh, goodness, amen to this one. My family tree is rife with mashugas. Just ask my therapist and pharmacy tech. Hashtag crazy but delicious. Hashtag designing women. Hashtag sugar baker. Okay, don't know what quite all that says, but let me tell you what Jordan Riverwalk included a little gif along with their tweet. And here's what the gif reads. I'm saying this is the South and we're proud of our crazy people. We don't hide them up in the attic. We bring them right down to the living room and show them off. See, Phyllis, no one in the South ever asks if you have crazy people in your family. They just ask what side they're on. <laughs> so do a real quick survey here, all of you listening to me. Okay, is it your maternal or paternal side of your family has got more uh, crazy people? The the Meshuggans, as this person, Jordan River, asked here on today's Y'all Show. I have the answer on my side. I have it certifiable. I actually had a great uncle that, unfortunately, at a young age, lost his bearing lost any real sense in fact he only could say a few words the rest of his life that that would actually make sense and he didn't really recognize anybody he didn't have alzheimer's this was a diagnosed and happened to him back in the 30s i think and i had a chance to see him a few times he lived out sadly the rest of his life in nursing homes primarily and i know that's a sad thing to say but that, that happens to families all the time and there's actually on that same side of my family not that particular branch but another branch i had another another relative i think another great aunt or uncle here in this case that also pretty much had to spend most of their adult life in an an insane asylum we've all had it happen it happens the question is which side of your family is it on and that's the question asked by jordan river walk good question perhaps and let's keep our mentally our people who've had mental issues and in the past and those today it's nothing to take lightly it's a it's a tough road of course the people i'm talking about truly were committed they were not able to live normal lives i think what this guy here jordan river walk is insinuating we've got some people who aren't necessarily quite to that level of having to go off somewhere they're just not right they just don't do smart things from time to time and oh yeah i think i've got that on my side of the family too on both sides sure enough some some very close to me some heck might even say i'm not right that boy ain't right yeah well maybe i'm not up next maybe you're but you are and we appreciate y'all listening to the y'all show now back to the hashtag hullabaloo fun and lastly, here in our hashtag hullabaloo for this Monday, getting the week started of y'all, Holly Harris is on Twitter at Holly underscore Harris, a mom to Harris, president and executive director of U.S. Justice Action, GOP, a veteran, but happy to work across the aisle, lover of Kentucky basketball, horses and bourbon. Tweets are all mine. Holly Harris, go big blue. And how about that? Her name is Holly Harris. And she said that her child, did I read that? Yeah, mom to Harris. So her child is named Harris and her last name is Harris. Something tells me she actually has a a wedded name different than Harris. Surely her kid's name is not Harris Harris. Just saying, just saying. Here's what Holly Harris, besides being a good mother and naming her kid whatever she wants to name her kid, 
in this case Harris. Here's what she wrote on Twitter this week. It's Friday, not that it matters, and I'm jump-starting the weekend by putting an end to this cue or question. Is Kentucky in the South or Midwest? Okay, that's her question. And then she writes, I used y'all in both second-person plural pronoun and possessive form in the same sentence yesterday. Kentucky is in the South, y'all. Hashtag the end. Well, I never would have thought of Kentucky, Mahali, of being a Midwestern state. I, I know you've got Ohio and Indiana that would be considered... Honestly, I don't know of another name to call that area except just Yankee land. Because if you really look at a map of the country, the Midwest really should be reserved to the Kansases, the Iowas, the Dakotas, and perhaps Minnesota, maybe Illinois. But Ohio and and Indiana are really well east of the Mississippi River, and that's not really Midwest. So that's just Yankee land. So the question, Holly, you should be asking is, is Kentucky in the south or is it Yankee land? Now, some of the deep southerners out here might say, yeah, Kentucky, man, they're they're Yankees. And and you know what they can use to prove that Kentucky's a Yankee land, of which I like, by the way, so I guess it makes me a little Yankee. You won't find white castles in Georgia. You won't find them in Alabama or Mississippi. You'll find a handful, I, I, I do mean like, a handful around the Nashville area. I don't think they got them around Knoxville. White Castle, that Ohio-based rival to Crystal Hamburgers, but they sure got them in northern Kentucky. They got them there. So that that is not really good for you, Holly Harris, and you're trying to define what exactly Kentucky is. But to sum it all up on the great state of Kentucky, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, in case Kentuckians want to send me hate mail which you can do y'all show at y'all.com we'll take the hate we'll just take it and read it and we'll share it with all y'all let me brag on kentucky southernism for just a moment as we're about to have what should have been the kentucky derby here in about 10 10 to 14 days that's been pushed back to labor day weekend which is a great southern tradition there in louisville kentucky why is kentucky southern well let me give you my two reasons one historic and one is right on a water tower. One reason is Kentucky got a star on the Confederate flag. One of those 13 stars on a Confederate flag is for the state of Kentucky. One of them is actually also for the state of Missouri. So there is part of the justification. If the Confederacy thought that Kentucky and Missouri were in the South, then I'm not going to fight Jefferson Davis. The other justification is Kentucky, if you go to Florence, Kentucky, and I did this in around 2001, and they got a water tower right by the interstate there, and it says, Florence Y'all. And that water tower inspired me, John Rawl, to launch a magazine called Y'all, a website called Y'all, and this little show you're listening to, The Y'all Show. And I have to thank Florence, Kentucky, and their Y'all water tower as an inspiration not the only one but a big inspiration for me to get into this y'all thing in fact florence kentucky's baseball team is going to become this year whenever they have a season the florence y'alls i kid you not and that's the name of this new minor league ball ball team although it's not officially a minor league team it's more of a amateur league 
but a really neat branding they've come up with there in Florence, Kentucky. That is my Kentucky defense of their Southernism right here. And I have to thank Holly Harris for bringing the question up here on today's Y'all Show. That will wrap up our first hour. When we come back, we'll take a quick look at some sports headlines. And then our Takabola storyteller will be on the show, Jerry Short. Hey, y'all, you don't want to miss it. In Florence, Kentucky, and any other place of the Commonwealth of Kentucky or beyond. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com, sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. And thank you for listening. We're back for another hour of the show that covers everything Southern. This is the Y'all Show. As we start out this hour, we've got some sports goings-on to pass along in just a handful of minutes. In our next segment, we'll welcome in the Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. And he's going to be talking about the coronavirus stimulus check. Oh, I can't wait to hear what he's got to say about that. Starting out our sports headlines, the NCAA is waiving the standardized test scores for all incoming freshmen as the eligibility center is they're waiving this standardized test score as a result of the pandemic incoming freshmen student athletes in both division one and division two are not going to have to worry about their test scores students who expect to graduate from high school in time to enroll in division one schools this coming year will be academically eligible by earning a combined 2.3 gpr in the 10 ncaa approved core courses with a combined seven in English, math, and science prior to the start of their senior year, that the ruling from the NCAA. So you won't have to worry about test scores if you're a high school senior expected to go to college and be on some kind, of, maybe some type of scholarship here in the fall. Your test scores. So I, 
I don't know how some of you are going to be able to pull off a test. Remember, I think we just read the other day about how the SAT and ACC, ACT are looking at the possibility of you taking those tests from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, so I get it, NCAA, why you're doing this, but let's hope that is a one-time and one-year-only type deal with the NCAA. Now to some college football news. Baylor coach Dave Aranda has got some help coming his way to Baylor after he's landed former Arkansas State Red Wolf Indian defensive end William King as a graduate transfer. He was a two-time All-Sunbelt Conference player there in Jonesboro. Has one year of eligibility remaining and will be able to play in the upcoming season. He's a six foot four, 248-pound football stud at defensive end. And again, was a power in the Sun Belt Conference. He's a native of Kansas City. And at the Baylor Bears, he could play linebacker or defensive end. Dave Aranda, of course, if that name doesn't uh, totally strike you, he was the defensive coordinator of the LSU Tigers back in 2019. And now, after Matt Rule took off from Baylor to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers in the NFL, he becomes the new coach in Waco heading into the 2020 season. So good news, Baylor Bear fans, as they're trying to get back to the Big 12 championship game, just like they did in 2019. Sad news from the NFL, Jackie Riles has died at the age of 82. If you don't know who Jackie Riles is, well, she's the pillow lady. If you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, her death because of natural causes, according to the Buccaneer franchise. Since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came to life back in 1976, Jackie Riles knitted more than 4,000 custom pillows for players, coaches, staff members of the Bucks, media members, and all that earned her a nickname from former head coach John McKay. And again, her nickname, the Pillow Lady. Before every home game, she'd wait with her husband John and later her son, outside the team entrance at Tampa Stadium and subsequently at Raymond James Stadium. And she'd often be there with cookies, cupcakes, and candy and supporting her signature red crochet hat with bucks on it. She also gave out, as I said, pillows, some custom embroidery for the great, great players of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Back in 2012, when she had her 75th birthday, the Bucks honored her during a special pregame ceremony as the chairman of the Bucks, Brian Glazer, presented her with her own custom 75 number jersey, and it brought her to tears. They even threw a party for her in her very own suite. And again, she's passed away at the age of 82. Tampa Bay Buccaneers superfan Jackie Riles. Now to some college basketball news as we continue on with our sports recap of the weekend. Cole Anthony, who suited up for the North Carolina Tar Heels in a really rough 2019-2020 season for the North Carolina Tar Heel basketball program. Cole Anthony is a projected lottery pick, and he's now declared himself eligible for the NBA draft. He put out a statement saying throughout his time at UNC, he was humbled, challenged, and always proud to be a Tar Heels Tar Heel. I wanted to thank Coach Williams and the entire coaching staff for giving me an opportunity of a lifetime and pushing me every day. We will find out how his NBA plans go forward. He averaged 18.5 points and 5.7 rebounds during the 2019-2020 season and a very good guard there for the Tar Heels, although they had a really rough season. Cole Anthony now of UNC NBA 
southbound. And now just down Tobacco Road, Wake Forest and Coach Danny Manning, he's getting a little help here as Wake Forest is going to have a couple of transfers coming in to Winston-Salem. Ian DeBose will play as a graduate transfer after coming in from Houston Baptist. Also, Virginia Tech sophomore Isaiah Wilkins also announced that he'll be headed to Danny Manning and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons to be a transfer student. DeBose is a six foot four guard, averaged 19 points in the Southland Conference last year again for Houston Baptist. And then you also have Wilkins, who's a six foot four guard. He averaged 4.5 points for the Hokies in 2019 and 2020 now this news came the transfers after junior guard sean d brown announced that he would enter into the nba draft and the ncaa transfer portal brown averaged 12.1 points six and a half rebounds per game for the deeks last year but a change of guard and some additional players coming in to winston-salem for the wake forest Demon Deacons, and that is a quick look at some of the sports headlines from the last few days as we look back at the weekend transactions. When we come back, we're going to look at the future transactions of our own Takapola storyteller. Jerry Short's up next with all the fun coming from Takapola USA, including, hey, did he get his $1,200 stimulus check for the coronavirus? We'll find out the answer when the Y'all Show continues. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com, sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood.
And this is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. And here on the program that's all about the South, we welcome in our Takapola storyteller to the program, Jerry Short, as Jerry has so much up his sleeve. And even when he's wearing short sleeves, he's got things up his sleeve. And our Takapola storyteller is joining us right now on the program that's all about the South. Hello, Takapola storyteller. What do you say, John? I like my hair. I I, I I like it. You like you got one of those haircut here for long. Isn't that crazy that we can't? I mean, I was lucky that I went in and got me my ears lowered probably the last couple of days before everything shut down, and that was a really good move because everybody who didn't get one and all the ladies that didn't go to the beauty parlor, I feel sorry for them. Well, I was two weeks late then needing one. My wife had a gr- offered to pay for mine if I'd go get it. And I didn't get it. So, <laughs> right now, I'm just a rubber band away from a ponytail. Yeah, there's a lot of you like that, Jerry Short. I know. Jerry, how you hold it up? Have you got your stimulus check yet? Uh, no, I haven't got mine. And my wife's in the Philippines, and uh, she hasn't gotten hers. She's talked to. She was. She. Yeah, I think she's talked live. I know she's uh, been on the internet a good deal with her, and she's supposed to get hers this coming week. Uh, sometime she's Tuesday getting a week. stimulus check. Uh, that's right. Uh, she's uh, all she's just away is from being a citizen is the oath. You know, she's passed all the tests. We spent all the fortune to get her in this country. But she was over at her, obviously, you know, we talked about before. She was over at her brother's funeral and uh, can't get out of country. Uh, their president will not let them fly in country. And uh, I got bad news from her last uh, last night that uh, her flight, her international flight is going to stop in Seoul, Korea, South Korea. And it, it was supposed to go on to Detroit and and then to memphis but uh they said no and so she's trying to work that out she didn't seem too happy last night about the chances either gonna have to probably uh buy another one-way ticket and i know her brother-in-law and sister stuck over there from salt lake city and they've been out considerable money and here the all i hear is how the government's gonna bail the airlines out but the airlines are keeping these, the monies, and they're uh, they're not happening. You stay on the phone with them, she says. She'll be on hold for two or three hours. And, oh, we got somebody working on it. We'll get back with you. But they seem to never get back. So, you know, she's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place in the uh, southern part of the Philippines and can't get to Manila. And then if she gets there, who wants to be stuck in uh, Seoul, South Korea? And she doesn't have a clue how long she would be in Seoul? No. That's it. That's the end of the ticket now. Oh, really? They, um, it's Korean Airlines, who's owned by Delta, I believe, who uh, will not extend it right now. They've extended it twice, and they've had to cancel it twice. So they've done her sister the same way, trying to get to Salt Lake City. And they've been, they've been out considerably more money. Uh, trying to get a one-way trip back. So normally uh, it's about a $1,200, $1,400 flight to Manila from uh, 
America and back round trip. And right now they're wanting $2,500 one way. Mm. So, uh, and that's not going to guarantee you anything. So she's a little bit hesitant about going on and doing it. You know, she's got a good house. She's locked down in it, but she's going to stir crazy as I am. I can understand. But the good news is she got her $1,200 check, and that's good. She she worked hard for it. Remember, although she's not officially a U.S. citizen, she did work all last year and all the years that she's been in America, and she's paid her taxes, and therefore our rules say that you get a stimulus check even if you're not officially a U.S. citizen if you've been paying taxes as she has been doing. That's correct. Do you think she could go to a consulate there in the Philippines and get sworn in and become an official citizen? Well, they can't leave their house. Oh, okay. And – uh they, they're going to do it in Memphis as a group. That's when she passed her test. They told her she made a hundred on her on her uh, test to, to become a citizen. And now we'll send you when you're going to do your oath. We'll do the oath as a group. And uh, the oath is uh, never got word of the oath. All this hit about the same time. So she took her test in January. So. Uh, Thought she felt like she would be. They told her probably March she would be taking her oath. So she was hoping to take it before she went to the Philippines to her brother's uh, funeral. But uh, didn't work out that way. So uh, you know the government's got all these plans and they sound good a lot of times. And and I can take you through a few steps that I've been involved in. Oh, please do. Huh? Please do. Well, I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, you and the government, that seems like the law for words, but, yeah. uh, unless I'm really kind of upset and I, this kind of upsets me the way the government's just passing out money that they're printing and borrowing or whatever they're going to do. No way to pay it back. And the economy is folding before our eyes. But, uh, I remember in 1964, my first year that I was down in South Louisiana and, um, a hurricane come in named Hilda in 64. And uh, we left ones that were working. I was working on a pipeline. It was in October. <clears throat> it was a late hurricane. And uh, when we went back down there, uh, three weeks later, they give us all clear to go back and go down there. The whole place was tough. from Thibodeau all up by Lafouche to Napoleonville was just completely wiped out. All the sugar cane was flat laying on the ground. They got zero help for it, as far as I found out from my, <clears throat> excuse me, my in-laws to be. So um, I came back up and went to college for abbreviated time, and Betsy hit. So uh, my fiance wanted me to come back down there. So I went back down. I hitchhiked into Betsy and stayed at their house. They didn't have any electricity, didn't have ice. We had some dry ice. We had hijacked trucks coming down from Baton Rouge, which was a hundred. About 65 miles, and it would come to Napoleonville. We'd get finally figured out to get any kind of ice to keep anything to get that dry ice. We had to go hijack the truck, we didn't hold them up under gunpoint like uh, like uh, gun smoke with a, a stagecoach or anything. It was just strictly get in line and get some dry ice and take it further south because we met the truck halfway. So they didn't get anything, and it did a lot of damage there. So the next situation that came up was Camille, and Camille hit the, hit the Gulf Coast. And at that time, 
the Mississippi Gulf Coast was as wide open with as much going on and motels and clubs and unfortunately some men's clubs and things like that were all over the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And uh, Camille hit it and wiped it completely out. We were under martial law. I was in the military. I was sent back down there. We were called out. And I stayed down there. The only thing that had I saw any kind of help from the federal government was uh, Richard Nixon was president. He had been in California, I guess, on vacation or a trip. This was August. And he uh, flew in, landed on the tarmac at the uh, CB base. There's a CB base and an air base beside each other at Biloxi. And uh, he stayed and talked to our governor a little while. Then he flew down the coast and looked out the window. I saw that on CBS News where he looked out the window. And uh, they did nothing as far as I know. We had to build back ourselves. But my point in all this is when Katrina hits, I'm up at Katie's, Kentucky, coming back this way. And I'm listening to WWA on New Orleans radio station. And the mayor, uh, uh, Nagin, was on a talk show with Spud, they called him. And he was saying, you know, I'm glad we dodged a bullet. It didn't hit New Orleans. It hit Mississippi, and they can handle it because they got ground that goes uphill where we're still flat down here. So the water will run back out into the Gulf. So the heck with Mississippi, you know, you're kind of kind of making a joke out of it. <clears throat> well, the next thing I know, the floods come across Lake Pontchartrain and, and bust the levees and flood the Ninth Ward mainly in New Orleans which could have been protected because they have a thing down there called the uh, levee boards. Mm -hmm. I know they have two Learjets. Now, I know the first uh, price tag on the Superdome was a mere $20 million. Now, we're talking 66, okay? $20 million. It ended up coming in under $90 million. A lot of Louisiana people had to pay for that. But instead of uh, instead of evacuating people out of the ninth ward, they had buses ready to go. The mayor of New Orleans said, "No, that's fine." So he ended up putting them all, just crowding them in the Superdome. Well, the government, the federal government, went back and paid all that off. And uh, so they had a thing, and and Mississippi got completely wiped out. I mean, it was nothing left from Waveland all the way to Pascagoula. As a matter of fact, Trent Lott, who was a senator at the time, his home got wiped out. It was a, it was facing the Gulf at Pascagoula. And uh, they had a, uh, a show at Ole Miss called Mississippi Rising. It was uh, televised on all networks, MSNBC. But uh, at that time, I was doing photography stuff and sports stuff for uh, a, a newspaper in North Mississippi. Uh, by the way, that was uh, I did that free, so it wasn't money involved in it. So we'll, we'll get I, you a stimulus check for that, Jerry. I, I need to get a stimulus check. So we went up, and and they sent a reporter, and and when we got there, Senator Lott, he, he we had it in a, a just off of the uh, Coliseum, uh, a room where the uh, basketball players had their meetings and all. So we had it in there, and he said, is this going to be video, audio, print media, what? And everybody said, oh, it's just print media. So Senator Lott took his jacket off and kicked back, relaxed, and 
everybody threw softball questions at him. And then here I am, redneck Cacapola. Oh, you're not redneck. <laughs> Come on now. Well, semi. And so, <laughs> and so, and don't mind it a bit, you know. Call me that, that's fine. And um, so, um, I, um, as it was all in, he said, that all the questions and everybody, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I raised my hand. I was sitting on a desk in the back of the room where I could uh, get some Zoom shots of him talking. And um, he said, yeah. And I knew him because my daughter had been in the, in the same sorority at Ole Miss with his daughter. Okay. And I met him there once before. But he didn't, I don't think he didn't recognize me when I raised my hand. So uh, I, I can't imagine him not recognizing me. I didn't have my hat. I didn't have my hat on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, keep that hat on. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, I said, Senator, let me ask you, when did it become the United States of America's uh, uh, obligation to uh, give money? Because uh, President Bush had just told Brownie what a great job he was doing. Michael Brown, the former FEMA chief. Yeah. Right. He was a FEMA director. Mm-hmm. And he had just told, I think he was FEMA director, wasn't he? Yeah. He had just told him that. And so I said, it become our responsibility as a government to just give us. I'm not asking for anything from Mississippi, but you're putting everything back in the Ninth Ward and you're doing all that stuff over there. And he said, uh, well, it's just kind of evolved to this. You know, after things that happened in the past, we didn't do much for But now we've, you know, we've developed this theme and we've developed these other organizations and, and things. So they, they were doing that. And I said, uh, well, let me just say this. They already, they already asked him for millions and billions of dollars. I said, I want us to get our share because our governor took a chainsaw and cut his way into Biloxi from the Capitol in Jackson. Those trees were down everywhere. And I said, I think it's only fair that we get our part. So uh, he just said, well, it's just evolved. And I said, well, you know, I, I don't much go for the evolved word, but he, he left his dad. And when he walked by me, he, he was leaving and he put his coat on. He said, haven't I met you before? <laughs> I said, yes, you have. I uh, ate, ate with you at a sorority house on campus. And uh, he said, oh, I thought I recognized you from somewhere. But uh, anyway, he said, that was a pretty tough question you asked. And I said, well, it was meant to be, sir, and uh, or senator. Hopefully I said senator. But, um, you know, it's been things like that that's happened continually. I, I did some FEMA work myself for, uh, and then you can go back to the oil uh, well that exploded the Gulf out in the, out in the Gulf of Mexico. The Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. When that one did, I worked on that for nine months. And they spent so much money down there that they gave the subcontractors, and that was my job. I was auditing it. I had every figure, and don't come looking for me now, please, government, but I had every figure on what every contractor was getting and what they were paying their workers. And they were making a fortune. There was so much money wasted, it was unbelievable. I mean, I've got records of that. Still got those records. And uh, 
It's things like that have gone on, and now we come with a stimulus package. And, you know, if you're out there still, if you're making 60000 dang dollars a year, they're going to give you $1,200. Now, can you explain to me, uh, host of the show, uh, Mr. Riles, where is any of your... I don't know if I can explain it, but, Jerry, I want to keep talking, if you don't mind, a little bit more about all this fun we've got to take a quick break here on the y'all show and we'll do that i am john rawl and this is the show that's all about the south more of our conversation with the takapola storyteller is coming up right after this we've got more stimulus check talk with jerry and if time permits we've been talking with jerry here the last couple of weeks about his adventures in the jails of the southeast and now that we're letting prisoners out sometimes rightfully so because we don't want them to die of the COVID-19 I know at least one time Jerry Short spent some time in a prison for an expired license and how would you like to be in prison right now for dumb things like expired licenses if we have time we'll fill that in and we'll have a lot more right here on the show that's all about the South Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book. Take a walk. Unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September. Paint a self-portrait. Catch up on a TV series. Do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBS-C. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com or call 1-800-LINZESS. And this is the Y'all Show, wrapping up our show here, the last segment. We've got our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. And we're talking about government stimulus checks, government waste, and we'll try to squeeze in a little prison talk with Jerry Short before we get out of here on today's Y'all Show. Okay, Jerry, you kind of set the stage in the previous segment about all the waste you've seen in past mother nature events the hurricanes of the south and things like that now we've got a pandemic going on and we're seeing a lot of ways people are getting their twelve hundred dollar stimulus checks maybe more than that if they've got children and i know you have a lot more to say about this subject uh yeah it's uh it's been rather uh confining to most everybody now 
I, you know, I've got some friends that are pretty, you know, they're on the borderline of having maybe diabetes or some kind of respiratory disease that they don't really need anybody around them. So I've tried to stay clear of them. I, they call me, they ask me to come by and see them. And I have gone by and saw, saw them a couple of times because I think I told, I, we did talk about when I was quarantined with hepatitis and it's not a good feeling to be in a house by yourself all the time. And I tell you what this one has done to me, uh, being quarantined in this house. I got frostbite and uh, beat. Yeah, I got beat. All right. I got frostbitten in the military in uh, the desert and got gas spilled on my jungle boots and my feet froze. So they've never been the same. And that was in 1990 and they've never been the same. And I've lost my balance by not being able to be outside working and walking. So I, I got up to get a light changed and lost my balance. And I realized that I'm getting ready to have to go on out and, and take, take a lot of exercise to get my feet back. And that's, that's one thing that quarantine can do. And I understand, you know, people get so depressed. And I've seen some figures, it's unbelievable on what they project in maybe as suicide from this. And we have a lot of suicides every year we don't even think about. But there's a lot of other diseases that can continue to get worse. You just can't go see a doctor for a normal, what you would consider to be normal. But, you know, you need to see that doctor. But they're not letting you now. I think Trump's trying to open that stuff up, it looks like. So I know he's having some trouble. He's had some trouble with the governor of Michigan. I believe they have a right in to recall her. I think I saw where they had 150,000 signatures. I don't know exactly how many it takes. But she's been completely, she's had some really off-the-wall comments, like uh, you can't be in a boat fishing on uh, one of the, on Lake Michigan or somewhere. However, you can be in a kayak. So, I mean, you know, how do you explain that? I think I heard president. I think I heard the president say something about that same identical situation. But um, you know, being locked up and cooped up, I've got some friends that are really scared. I was talking to to a friend of mine uh, that's locked up uh, day before yesterday, and he said his secretary wears gloves and leather, oh, leather, rubber pants in her house and a mask all day long. And she's that paranoid over the situation. So I think the media has done a lot to create some of this paranoia. And, uh, you know, they need to slack up on some of that. If I'm not mistaken, there's uh, someone's getting together uh, a show to explain to the children that have missed school that uh, it's not, you know, as serious as we'll come out of it. And, you know, you're taking, you know, a lot of these young people that don't understand this, you know, I, I live, I'm the, as you know, I'm a boomer generation. And uh, Born in 1946. It, Gee, I wonder what happened right after World War II came to an end. I don't know. The lights went out in New York and something happened up there one time, didn't it? Yeah. But uh, I think they had a birth control uh, uh, unbirth control blast up in New York that time. And there was, of course, there was more babies born after World War II than any other time. And 
and my group uh, was the first ones to graduate from high school. You know, we were 18 years old after 46, if you do the math. So we, you know, it's just kind of, and then we went through the Cold War, and then we went through all that stuff, and went through the Civil Rights Movement, and we went through all those things, but they didn't affect us. And I don't know if it was because we were different, but they act like this is really going to affect these kids. And I was quarantined for four months with hepatitis. And when I walked out the door, it was behind me. But I don't know if that's the difference in youth today. I know it's not bothering my grandkids at all. You know, they're just at normal and staying at home and they're doing their homework. They still have to do their homework and uh, on computer. But uh, they're still doing everything else just completely normal. Yeah. They go, they go, they got a swimming pool in the backyard and they go swimming and then they shoot basketball on the side of the house. So it just kind of depends on uh, how you are. How much time you got left? We got time. I do want to point out, we don't want to discount what's going on with the coronavirus, but we do want to point out that we do take it serious. In fact, Jerry, you may not be aware of this just broke on Sunday that your state of Mississippi now has more positive cases than any other state. I think 300 brand new cases just released on Sunday. So it is a scary thing. Yeah. I think that came up one time before, and then somebody got ahead of us, and then I guess we've come back. But, uh, you know, the, I, I see it every day where it's broken down by county. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know Jefferson Davis County forever didn't have any. And then the next day I look up and they've got six or seven. So, you know, you got to kind of think they go from family, sometimes to family, to get quarantined together. Uh, that would be one of my way, way out yonder explanations, I guess. But, uh, you know, to finish on a, on a better note, uh, I was going to, I don't know how much time you got. we got a couple of minutes. For you, we'll make I, room. I found a... Uh, I bought some timber and from an absentee landowner in Chicago one time. And they told me, uh, that, uh, their land in Mississippi was kind of managed by their uncle. And so I went down to cut the timber and they, they told me they thought he might have a whiskey steel on it. And, uh, I, I never had really been around a whiskey steel, but I went down there and found it. It was under a cedar grove. And I was cutting, I wasn't cutting cedar. I was cutting oak and pine and of that nature, mixed woods. And uh, I told the crew that was cutting there that day, I said, I'm going down and check this uh, whiskey steel out. And y'all go ahead. And the skitter operator, the guy that pulls the logs, he said, I got such a bad toothache, you're going to have to take me home. And I said, let me go down here and check all this. You come down and blow your horn if I don't come out here because I don't know who's going to be down there. But it was a filthiest, nastiest whiskey steel. You know, they had to, they had all their sugar and their crushed corn and their uh, barley malt and their dang uh, everything else. And their mash uh, was covered. They had everything fixed. They had some of it boiling at the time. And there was only one guy who walked up and he tells me he was from another part of the state almost. He was probably from 70 miles away. He said, you know, this is the best job I've ever had. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, this is the best job. He said, I get here at 10 in the morning, and I get this cooked off, and then I let it ferment in those 55-gallon drums over there when we run it through this stuff. And I'm looking at where they're getting their water out of a pond 
that was stagnant with cotton mouth swimming around in it with a water hose running down and instead of a cheesecloth after run through all these old dirty copper pipes it run off in these jugs and i said what proof is this he said oh it could be 200 but it's probably about 170. he said you want a drink and i said no i'll be about fast and my guy come up about that time my skitter operator and i said uh come on i went up where he he was sitting on a skitter i said come on in here with me i got something for you and i told the guy that was running the whiskey still i said give him give him what you was gonna give me give him a shot of that that uh that corn whiskey and he did and uh he gave him a shot of that corn whiskey. So I went on and finished talking that, and I took some pictures of the steel and all that, and I really found it in. He said, just don't take a picture of me. And I said, what do you get for this? And he said, well, here in Mississippi, we're getting about $10 a gallon, and we're hauling to Chicago, and we're getting about 25 to $30 a gallon. And I said, my gracious, I'm making money off of this thing. And he said, yes, yeah, best job I've ever had, I told you. And so uh, and this again was a guy who had been a teacher, a school teacher. Yeah, that's right. You got a pretty good memory. And uh, I mean, said, we're not trying to get him in trouble, but no, no, we wouldn't do that. And uh, he, 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 I went up. Uh, I got through with him, and I went up to the loading ramp, and I was getting ready to leave. And skitter operator, the guy with the toothache, come up, and I said, "Do you still need me to take you home? For what? He forgot all about it." That dang whiskey had knocked that pain out of that tooth. Golly. He didn't have any pain. And in one quick notice, a friend of mine, it's a veterinarian son, uh, yes, he makes uh, Jack Daniels whiskey in Tennessee. And he told me they had converted at, at the legitimate factory, not just kind of another moonshine. No, this, yeah, this is the real Jack Daniels. And I'm sure I don't even have a clue what they get uh, a bottle. But I'm sure it's pretty it's expensive. So he said they had changed over to making sanitation hand washed. Uh, okay. And it's about the same uh, stuff they use to make whiskey. Mm-hmm. However, they make a lot more money making whiskey. But they're doing that. I heard a truck, truck driver. One of them was at the White House with the president. Oh. He said he all in two trailer truck loads out of Jack Daniels a, uh, a week for the sanitation. Uh, uh, hand wash. Okay. So anyway, I thought that was a pretty, pretty nice thing that Jack Daniels was doing. And, and this, it was a lot nicer than my guy was doing down there running that filthy uh, <laughs> home brew truck. And it's, so, again, this past week at the White House, the president honored the truck drivers of the country because they are essential in what they're doing, delivering supplies of all types around the country. And Jerry, we want to also thank our moonshine stills. I'm, I'm not sure if they were classified essential or not. Well, they were essential to some people, <laughs> you know, and so it would seem like an essential. Whoever was making the profit off of the Chicago run, uh, and I've been to that house on Halstead. It's on Halstead in Chicago, and, uh, hey, they they lock up up there because that's a pretty tough neighborhood. Is it? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they was really concerned for my well-being. When I went to take them to cashier's to buy the timber, and I had to walk through a group of guys sitting on the front steps, and I told them, I said, look, just like a dog will bite you if you think you're scared of him. So I just kind of walked on through them, and they said they had a son that had been uh, paralyzed by him and beat him up down there. 
but they knew all about it. But my point was that there were so many of them living in that house that if you got this uh, and uh, this disease, this virus in there, you uh, you could probably take out four or five people without any problem. So those numbers can multiply pretty fast if you don't do the lockdown properly. And, uh, you know, it's, I've been kind of, uh, you know, I've believed it and I've not believed it and I've, I've gone back and forth, but, uh, you know, obviously it, it does its job. And the only, only place I heard an exception was in, uh, Sweden. And they didn't lock down anything in Sweden, is what I understand. They went on with the theaters and the dancing and the restaurants. And uh, they had the same ratio that we have in the United States of the people that uh, tested positive. Jerry, we want to wrap up our conversation. We're visiting with our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short, right here on the Y'all Show. And one last coronavirus thing that we want to bring up with Jerry is the fact that a lot of our prisoners are being let out, our nonviolent prisoners normally, but I understand some people who probably shouldn't be let out have been let out. In fact, one person killed somebody here recently in one of our states. And Jerry, I wanted, it just kind of brought up since we've been talking in the last couple of weeks with you, some of your adventures of going to prison. There was one time when you went as a journalist, you mentioned that great sports journalism, new job you had. You went over to Atlanta to cover the SEC men's basketball tournament and while en route there, you got pulled over in Douglasville, Georgia, and you actually had to go spend the night in the in the slammer because of an expired tag or expired license. Fill us in on that, and and do you think you would have been let out if the coronavirus had been happening at that time? Uh, probably so, but, but i tell you what they did. They handcuffed me to an iron pipe in Douglasville, and uh, they felt bad about it after it was over. They apologized, but... It was too late after I spent all night there, but my son was there with me. And, Gosh, wouldn't and they didn't bail me out because they didn't have anybody there that could uh, could bail you out. The secretary was not working. But you know, if you brought that one up, the one that I think more about is the one uh, in Memphis where it was thirteen of us in one cell. So if one and we were just crammed in there like sardines, if one person would have had it in that group. Everybody could have had, you know, in jail. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying if they're letting these people out of jail now, and, you know, and of course the Douglasville thing does kind of stick in my crop. Uh, but, uh, but I, what it was, it was an expired, uh, uh, I had gotten a speeding ticket and the, the highway patrolman was nice enough to say, your, your, your inspection sticker on your vehicle expired yesterday <clears throat> so i'm gonna write that up and that won't be a moving violation so i i had forgotten about it and, and didn't pay that 25 dollars. so when he he pulled me over for doing nothing he said I, uh, I, I ran a stop sign at midnight i'd been to the sec basketball tournament covering it for the newspaper and i come up the hill he pulled me over and he said that uh hey uh I got to check everything, and he got his car. Then he come back out, and he said, "Put the hand, put your hands behind your back," and he handcuffed me for that. He handcuffed me for that, and then he carried me down to the police station, and he handcuffed me to an iron pipe. Why? And then he, I mean, why didn't they put you in a cell? 
he said uh if you're out of state they could not you had to pay uh cash in georgia at that time i don't know if it's still that way or not but he, he went on they had a sale at the police station also and two people were in it and then he put me in it then my son and him my son and the and the and the sports editor they they got together it was six hundred dollar fines what he was and uh they got me out and we went up to shoney's to eat breakfast and the policeman come in as he was getting off duty and i saw him talking to the uh cashier and when he left she came back to my table and said he felt sorry for what he did but uh he wants to buy you uh he wants to buy you a uh what's your what's your specialty chonies they have the breakfast uh, buffet yeah well i'd already ate they didn't have the buffet then uh, what did they had it but it wasn't up uh, oh, he wanted to buy me a strawberry shortcake. And I said, wait, <laughs> nice. I, don't, I don't think I want a strawberry shortcake this early in the morning. But I appreciate it. And if he comes back in, tell him I understand that he was doing his job. Maybe a little overkill, but he was doing his job. So, uh, yeah, you were right on that night, Douglasville, Georgia. Every time I passed Douglasville, I think of that. I had a hotel up at Douglasville and I and drove up there after the basketball game at the Georgia Dome that night. And uh, that's, I pulled – the stop sign was down on the Interstate 20, and I went way up around, and it was drizzling rain, and he was parked under a canopy of a closed service station uh, for the for the night. And that's, he pulled out and said that that's what – I didn't stop down the hill. Yeah. But I never saw the sign, and I've been back over there. And I never saw the sign again. So, you know, those things happen, and you just have to kind of roll with the punches sometimes. But uh, when they go to arresting you for little or nothing, you you deserve to get let out. You do. And we hope we hope some of those foolish right. arrests are not happening now. At least we can maybe control some of the incarceration rates going on right now with the COVID nineteen. I don't. I don't even really see many police or or highway patrol out at all. Now, you know, unless they're working a wreck or something like that. Right. Just kind of letting people go. And uh, they don't want to put anybody in jail now because you don't know who you got. You got to test them. I think I told you my son's car got broken into and he straightened all the stuff up and they arrested these uh, three guys that did it. And uh, he's got cameras on his house and uh, they tested positive. Mm. So when he goes into work now, he has to do his temperature twice when he goes to work in the morning and do his temperature twice uh, when he leaves. And they give him a they give him a form to fill out and he has to do it at home to make sure he don't have the virus. And it was could have been spread by these two people that broke in his vehicle in his yard. Gosh. Jerry, so, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go check on my moonshine still. So we we'll have to yeah. And you make sure it's got all the ingredients. I didn't give them all out. Yeah. One of these days, give you my recipe. I think my pond is a little bit more pretty than the one you ran across. Uh, back I got there. pictures of it. I'm going to dig them up right down on my farm and in my house down there. I'm gonna, I'll show you those pictures. You'll enjoy it. Okay. Our Takapola storyteller, thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you, John. All right. 
And everybody, that'll wrap up our y'all show today. Thank you for being a part. We got a very good show headed your way on the Tuesday y'all show. We'll have our barbecue barrister and so much more. You don't want to miss the fun of this, the show that covers everything. Dixie, this is y'all. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.